There's these creepy crawly things all over my garden. They're eating everything. What do we do? Well, you're in luck because today on the Backyard Gardens podcast, we are going to talk about, if we get that far, the top six pests in your garden and how to treat and get rid of them right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden, whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben, the backyard gardener, and Batavia, the front yard gardener. One in the country. One in the city. Now get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening as we learn to grow and grow for change. Okay, Batavia, are you ready to talk about pests? <laughs> Do you see me all frowned up? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not very squeamish. People are like, how many episodes have you cried about mice? Well, I mean, there are a couple of exceptions, but generally I'm not that squeamish. Um, and I'm probably more concerned about the vegetables than I am about dealing with whatever the, the pests are. Yeah. Uh, so that said... I am kind of like icked out, but yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, <laughs> it is icky. Um, some of them are icky and some of them, they're not too icky to me, but um, mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things in time, you get used to them. You know what I mean? I think yeah. you get a little desensitized. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just, it's the, I think people that don't garden can easily know like, oh yeah, there's a worm, right? An earthworm yeah. or something, right? Uh, there are a couple of things that your non-gardener is just used to hearing about, maybe coming across, you know, in their yard or something. As soon as you start opening up yourself to like growing things, it's a whole other world. It is. You know? like, it is. So, yeah. Yeah. And there's never a guarantee that, you know, if you didn't have them last year, you won't have whatever, you know, the pest is this year. Bright side, though, if you had them this year, doesn't mean you will automatically have them next year. Right. So. Doesn't necessarily mean that. So I'm working mm-hmm. on that, though, as we speak. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. Do tell. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> no. Well, no, I'll go ahead and tell. Um, I am dealing with a subterranean termite in my garden. And um, as we get through the show right now, mm-hmm. um, I will reveal in due time what I'm using <laughs> to help prevent, to get rid of, prevent in the future um, these subterranean termites. Reason why you're I, so fancy, it, dude, subterranean termites. Well, see, yeah. I had to look it up, and actually, it was due to mm-hmm. uh, Miss Batavia and her fancy googling. Mm-hmm. She helped me because Leonard was no damn help at all. <laughs> uh, shocker. Yeah, no doubt. But, um, we, you know, she got me on the termite tick and then I was able to deduce down that they are subterranean. Yeah. So it makes me feel yeah. fancy to say it. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to have a problem, I as well make it a fancy problem. Yeah, right. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's a beautiful way to put totally, it. Totally. Totally not. It's ridiculous, but it sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> So I have a listener question though before we get started. Okay. Um, I'm listening. I am about to give it to you. So this is is pretty funny. <clears throat> we um, I got this message. Let me get to it. Da, da, da. So where is the message it's from? It's from where Instagram the Backyard Gardens TV. 
Instagram. Okay. So it's at Backyard Gardens TV. You should follow us. Mm-hmm. You never know what's going to happen. And, um, um, I mean, I'm sure you are following if you're listening, right? <laughs> yeah. You? I am. Yeah. I'm following. <laughs> so um, the, the question reads, hey, guys, love the podcast. Quick question. Cedar is really hard to find in my area. Do you have any other bed border suggestions? I was thinking about just using pine board and replacing it down the road after it rots or trying to treat the pine board in some way to make it more water resistant. But I'm hesitant to add harsh chemicals to the boards. Any help? Yeah. I I did a crazy talk about this before. But, um, you know, I, I wanted to bring it up because it adds a little complexity to it mm-hmm. when, because some of the things that you or I may say, Hey, this is fine to use may not be as readily available. So that's one thing. Cedar. Mm-hmm. Like you can't mm-hmm. find cedar boards and it's, it's, it can be hard to find and it's very expensive. Yeah, it absolutely. I mean, so, when you take in 2021, the price of lumber, which I think I heard is maybe falling a bit, but the price of lumber in general, then you tack on the general expense of cedar, which is going to be more expensive than you're untreated, you're treated, all of that. I mean, right. <clears throat> so I hear them, you know, and I, I mean, my que- my answer to her and I'll tell you what the answer was or him. I don't know him or her. I don't know. Uh, I said, Batavia uses metal beds. You know, you use a lot of metal beds. And I did not know Mm -hmm. at the time you used cedar. I just kind of went Mm -hmm. off of my memory. Um, And I use treated wood. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Pressure treated wood. Actually, so just to, for those that are listening, as of this recording, I have um, the metal um, beds in the front yard. I have some plastic raised beds. Um, one at least one in the backyard. Um, is it BPA I also free? have. Um, it is designed for a garden, Oof. so I would hope I'm that it's joking. BPA free. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I also have cedar, mm-hmm. um, raised beds, and then I have one bed that's pressure treated. It's the oldest bed in my garden. Right. So, you know, I just like to try all kinds of things and see what happens. Yeah. And I mean, I told her, I, I told this person, I keep wanting to say her, but, you know, I told this person like, you know, I, first of all, if you don't know my stance on it, you should go back. And I don't know what episode it was is a couple episodes ago where mm-hmm. I got very colorful about it and very vocal. But, you know, basically pressure treated wood. They stopped treating it with arsenic about 15 years ago or so, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You can fact check me on that. And I'm OK if I'm wrong, but it was a year, number of years mm-hmm. ago. And More it, than a decade. Yeah. And the way I worded it was, you know, even if there is that in there and it leaches into your soil, it's still not as bad as what is being sprayed or whatever your view on genetically modified crops are. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then yeah. I followed up and I was like, you are, you know, I support you using regular wood. That's what I did. On, and in this mm-hmm. garden, this is the first garden where I used regular wood. And in two years, it completely rotted out. So in two mm-hmm. years, I was rebuilding my beds. And that's just, you know. Regular some, as an untreated? Untreated wood. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. cedar. Okay. Which everybody recommends cedar. So I get it. <clears throat> you know? I've heard recommendations for redwood too, 
which is supposed to be a um, more on the long lasting side. I mean, I, I, what I, if I'm going to not recommend anything, it is going to be untreated. I'm not going to recommend that just based on it's just not durable. No. If you're in a climate that has any kind of weather, if it ever rains, if it ever snows, if it, you know, it, it's you're going to get a couple of seasons out of I it. Couldn't now, if believe you're only interested that might rotted that fast. Yeah, if you're only interested in a couple of seasons of gardening, you know, you want to get in at a lower price, then go for yeah. it. Um, but but yeah. Yeah. Um, so so wait wait. So did this person already have garden beds? Um, um or... no. I'm not sure. Okay. I know I got a picture um later on mm-hmm. we got a picture that um they had put in beds. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and then, you know, another question arose which actually um Mm -hmm. we're going to share that question on the next episode because it's just too many questions but i would i would like to share it because it was very interesting um you know and i like to get the questions because i have to think about it and you do too because you Mm -hmm. know a lot of times i'll message you and be like what do you think you know yeah yeah but um well i mean i think that this i mean it's the start of a garden we also talked recently about the idea of using raised beds at all Right. You know, yeah. so you'll definitely have to go back and listen to that piece of it. But um, this person I, you know, definitely needs a raised bed. And that's mm-hmm. why I want to talk about it again next week, because mm-hmm. um, oh, look at you just leaking the question. <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh, but yeah, well, I am wishing them luck with whatever they chose to use in their garden. Yeah. It's a great question. You know, um, I'm just going to say I always raise an eyebrow at people when they're absolutely dead set on a thing and against another. I just want to make sure that that, you know, how adamant they are one way or another is genuine. You know what I'm saying? So if you're anti insert whatever, is it is it genuine? Is it factual? Well, and I mean, the thing is to, um, you know, the cedar, like everybody recommends cedar. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. And I mean, if you have cedar, great. I know you have cedar. Mm-hmm. But um, it's very bougie, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, like when I put the greenhouse up, I'm, my original thought was, OK, I want to get cedar. OK, I, that's what I want to put it on. And then I went mm-hmm. to go find it. And when I finally found it now, mind you, when I finally found it, yeah. it was. It was uh 75 percent more than pressure treated wood, 75 percent more. And you're going to have to replace yeah. it someday. You know what yeah. I mean? So, I mean, I think the way I look at it is if the budget allows, then I'm going to recommend cedar. Right. Um, if the budget allows, like the metal garden beds are, if I had to do the math, I'm sure more expensive than insert wood. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to say generally wood. Right. Um and this isn't even a get, you get what you pay for, with the exception of untreated. You absolutely do get what you pay for when it comes to what you're using yeah. it for when it comes to untreated. But um, yeah, I mean, you start to combine the other things, the other expenses. It does become an expensive garden. I also balance it with how long you plan on using this for. Like, to be quite frank, and I'm not, you know, I'm not what's the 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 disney character that's uh scrooge mcduck i'm not swimming in gold coins over here so you know but i can say once the expenses is paid i'm not thinking about the money that i spent on those garden beds of the wood in 2018 when i put the cedar down right you know that's gone that's money spent um i wish it looked as good as it did when it first went down because it's some pretty wood but it doesn't you know no, it ages. Uh, which is a good good note it's not going to look as good as it does at first year either now you can um, stain so. the outside of it before you put it yeah, in if yeah. you wanted to and um you know 
you know, so I'll, I'm going to close this out because I don't want to make this whole episode sure. this. I mm-hmm. fully support 100% people using pressure treated wood. Fully support it. And as a matter of fact, I recommend it because you can save your money and put it some into good use somewhere else in your garden. So um, that's where I put it. You know, it is what it is. You can do your own research and everybody can figure it out. And I think it's a really, um, it's really important that you make your own decisions. Mm-hmm, Don't just mm-hmm. go by off what I say or Batavia says or anything, mm-hmm. you know, use yeah. these things to kind of help you um, make the decisions. And I'm, I'm glad that she asked because I can help steer her, um, her, him, her, whatever, um, into the right direction. But, you know, it's whatever you want to do. And it also comes down to aesthetics in your garden. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. what it comes down to a lot. And the metal beds are aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. So now if I leaned on I one, it would burn backyard, the crap out of my leg. So <laughs> if I only had a backyard garden, I wouldn't have metal garden beds back there. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and it yeah. makes sense it's, that you would put them in the front. It's very, you know, mm-hmm. it makes sense, especially based on where you live and everything. Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it is. Absolutely. That's, it is a hundred percent that yeah i mean i think they look slick don't get me wrong but it's a hundred percent that i wouldn't have spent the uh the monies um one thing to note about those and i had this question maybe last year they are they have been durable i have had gotten the question about is it safe you know so i mean i think i'm gonna tell you anytime you put something that is foreign if you will like you know wood of any kind you know a structure of any kind someone's going to find the opportunity to ask the question about is it okay and i mean i think generally it's a fair question i mean we were just talking about the, the water hose guy right yeah all right we're gonna move on yeah, yeah no don't bring that up no and I, and I think that people you know i think as a whole we just need to kind of stop worrying about that so much sometimes and just use common mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. you know i think that's really what it comes down to and i mean you know it is what it is. Stop freaking out, everybody. Just enjoy your food in your garden. But we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about pests. Holla. A lot of y'all asked, how can you help support the Backyard Gardens podcast? Well, we have been busy, and we have created a t-shirt line just for the gardener. To visit our shop, go to the link in the show notes and check out the t-shirts and other goodies we have. Now, these are super special t-shirts designed just for the gardener, so enjoy Thank you for supporting the Backyard Gardens podcast, and we'll see you guys after the harvest. It had to come to an abrupt ending. (laughs) That's fine, because I have one more thing unrelated to that. I hope this is you get this in the shot. Are you checking out the beauty that is Fiddle League Fergie and Fiddle League Fred behind me? Oh, yeah. I hope that you get that in the shot, man. I'm telling you. It's some good stuff. Anyway, you and your uh, house plants. plants. You are in your house plants. Two of a million, yeah. <laughs> What's our first pest? A is for aphids. Oh. Uh, aphids. Yeah, man. Aphids. Anywhere you garden, you may find them. Even if you're gardening in your grow room, you may find them. Well, um, no, so first of all, only one person I know in the entire world who happens to be on this podcast and is not me, I'm not saying any names though, has had aphids in their house, okay? I'm the only, there's only one person. So mean, it's just fuck, you know. <laughs> and then the other thing I, about aphids, I don't think they're a big deal. I know you do, and, and I get a little bit annoyed really? by that. Why? Yeah, I get a little bit annoyed by that. Why? Um, 
Like, I know that's your opinion. Oh, right? yeah. I'm you not know? saying it's, it's not, but. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it's this level of being dismissive and I am washing off plants, you know, every few days in my laundry sink, laundry yeah. room sink. Like, it's the biggest pain. I've had to to separate the stands in my grow room to like isolate plants that I think I got the aphids off of. Um, but anywho, I won't spend any time on that. I think I have it under control. I think most people that have problems with aphids will definitely have them in their outdoor garden versus indoors. So I don't want to monopolize. Well, the time. I get aphids every but year. But it's a pain in the freaking ass. I get aphids every year. Um, mm-hmm. So first of all, let's go down this road. How do we um, recognize an aphid when we see it? Mm. You know, I think it can look like some other bugs because they can be green, they can be gray, they can be black, they can be white. You know, um, they from let mm-hmm. that sink in for a minute. They mm-hmm. can be gray, they can be green, they can be mm-hmm. black, or they can be white. Okay, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's it's kind of like. They are the Mac Daddy when it comes to the pest. Like, yeah. and they, it's, uh, and they, is this camouflage? Yeah. And they generally hang out under leaves and mm-hmm. on the stems. You don't really see them on top of the leaves as much. I think so. I think you're right. You're absolutely right that underneath the leaves, which is easy to miss, stems. Um, and I've only paid attention to this because it's just been right inside, right? So I've seen them in the center, the crown of the vegetable plant. Yes. So like take a pepper plant, right? So I've seen them in there as well. Um, and I'm, I imagine that that may even be where they start, yes. but I, I could be wrong there. Um, yeah. And so, so yeah. You, you and I, they're itty bitty, like they, not microscopic, but they are really small. They're really small. You only really, and the you thing, really notice them when they're in clusters, yes. which, you know, I feel like you have a problem there. Well, and that's exactly where I was going, where... The reason why they are, I think they are perceived as such an issue is because by the time you notice them, there's huge amounts of them mm-hmm, and they're sucking mm-hmm. the sap out of your plants. Yep. So um, when you see them, what's the first thing you do? Um, depending on how many they are, there are like how widespread, sometimes I just cut the leaf. So I see them generally on, um, not, not so many fruiting vegetables in my garden. I see them more so on leafy greens, like, you know, my kale, my cabbage, you know, things that are really in the brassica family. So I can sacrifice some leaves. Right. Um, so that's one of the first things I do. Like I just, Hey, I'm clipping that plant. Um, Second thing, I'm, and I'm going to jump ahead. Second thing I probably would do is take the hose to them. Yeah, that's... Which the, I know you don't do either. Um, yeah. Well, so the first thing I do is if, if I have a hose handy, I will, but I don't really mm-hmm. keep a hose by my garden. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, it's usually not the first thing to do. The first thing I do is I go get a spray bottle and mm-hmm. I put Dawn soap in it, unscented Dawn soap, and I mix it up, you know, a couple drops for the water and I spray it. And that usually takes care of my problem in itself. Mm-hmm. And I'll do that every couple of days. It doesn't hurt to go a little bit heavy on that. Um, yeah. You know, and that, well, what that does is that, I mean, dude, if you do your dishes and you like, afterwards your hands are all dry, yeah, it desiccates yeah, right. them out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's a Doesn't go- it suffocate them? I don't know. I know it desiccates mm-hmm. them and it probably suffocates mm-hmm. them. And it probably doesn't any mm-hmm. other a Kate you could think of. 
Um, <laughs> you know, it's not terrible. It's not terrible for them, but I mean, for you or the vegetables, I mean, obviously we get it on our food all the time, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. a lot of the times that's what works for me. So mm-hmm, it's literally, mm-hmm. I get a spray bottle. I have one like from the Dollar Tree. It's like a size yeah. of a, like a, like a can of soda. And I'll mm-hmm, put like mm-hmm. a, a squirt in and then water. And then I don't yeah. shake it vigorously. I'll just kind of like swirl it a little bit and you know yeah because you don't want the suds necessarily like yeah that's how exactly how i've treated them indoors as an aside yeah um so when the plants were large enough i you know and i started kind of replanting them i did the whole rinse off but originally i treated them with um well first i let them get out of hand yeah but then when i started treating them i treated them with a mixture of water and soap same thing yeah i support that so and then the second thing I do is I give them a blast of neem oil if they keep mm-hmm, coming back mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. will take care of them for sure. Yeah. You know, and I'll do, you know, every seven days. And so what's important to realize is once you treat them, you have to figure out what the life cycle of it is. And then you have to treat it again when you don't see them mm-hmm. because you have to get the eggs and the babies. And then yeah. you really even need to do it one more time. So I can't tell you how many messages Backyard Gardens TV and the Backyard Gardener have gotten in itself. It's like, hey, I treated for X bug and they mm-hmm. came back. Well, because you didn't get the eggs. You yeah. got to get the eggs. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't know for aphids in particular, but there are a lot of these things that when you talk about hatching eggs, it's, uh, you know, seven maybe 14 days before you know that egg hatches and that's that weird thing of you think you got it but it takes a couple of rounds and also keep in mind uh the rain cycle and your watering cycle too well yeah you don't Um, want to apply right before it rains you know and the thing is too so the key numbers between and this is kind of setting up the whole show it for um reproductive rates is it's like usually 7 10 12 14 and even 18 days those mm-hmm, are usually mm-hmm. the key days. And so, like, if you don't know, you can't find any information, go every seven days, you know. Mm-hmm. You're going to get them, yeah. but it does take multiple things, um, multiple treatments, which is... And they absolutely hop plants, too. Yes. Um, aphids do. And so. that's why I go on a treatment schedule, and mm-hmm. I'll give you my treatment schedule at the end of the show. So, because um, I don't want to take away from the rest of them. And people are like, oh, I'm good. Holla. <laughs> but um you know and i do you know have any other way to treat aphids um i mean i think treating them meaning they already exist no i don't have any other ways but there also is the question around how to avoid them i don't know how to prevent them you know what i'm gonna say brother cover that's what i'm gonna say Actually, I do have... I'm just going to have a whole tarp over my entire backyard, my garden. Yeah, I have I have an idea of how to do it, but I haven't decided yet. So um, what's the second one? Um, this is one that I've done some research on, but I'll lean on you because fortunately I haven't had this occurrence in my garden. Tomato hornworm. Yeah, boy. It's, it's the garden gods. I believe that... They are looking out for me and giving me a few more years. You know what's going to happen just based on me going on this whole thing, right? <laughs> anyway, I haven't had them yet. So, um, so you want? Oh, they're so freaky. I, I even, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. You want a fun fact I have a about them? Up. Yeah, sure. Okay, so for let's get into the ID. They're on your tomatoes. Mm-hmm. 
they're big and they're green and green. they're like big juicy caterpillars, right? Now mm-hmm. the fun fact, the fun fact is if you look at them on the back side of them, there's a spike or it's still on the head or the butt. I can't remember now because I haven't looked at them in months. There's a spike that is actually puts it as a tobacco hornworm, which is commonly what we mm-hmm. find in our gardens. Mm-hmm. Now, why are we getting tobacco hornworms on our tomatoes and not tomato hornworms? Because they stopped growing tobacco and they have oh, changed their diet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and everybody. Mm. And That's interesting. That is a fun fact. Now they will devastate. They will completely devastate. And so the way you can yeah. tell you have them is because they're green, they blend in, but you'll see the top leaves on your plants are starting to get chewed and it'll just be the, the, the vein of the, or the stem where mm-hmm. the uh, leaves are, will just be, they'll be bare. And you'll see them yeah. at the top. And then you go, or you'll see poops. You'll see little round poops, black poops laying on your leaves. Mm-hmm. They, t- they mm-hmm. make nice little poo-poo piles right in the middle of your leaf for you. Um, yeah. That's your key that you know. The only way... The top of, wait, the top of the leaves, because there are other things that I've noticed that eat at the bottom sometimes yes. of the leaves. That's, they eat yeah. all of the leaf, and they poop mm-hmm. on top of the leaf. Mm-hmm. So that's key. Now, the important thing... To remember is there's one way and only one effective way. Or no, there's two ways. One that you can do, and the second way is natural. Those are the only two mm-hmm. ways to get rid of them. You hand pick okay. them. Okay. That's uh-huh. it. You just hand pick them. Hand pick them, step on them. Done. Now, if you see them and they have a little, a bunch of white sacks on their back. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm being such a kid. I know. No, it's okay. Trust me when I say this. Do not touch that hornworm. Leave it in your garden. Because what that is, is that's a parasitic wasp that has attached it. And they're Mm -hmm. very small. You can't even see them. Mm -hmm. But they eat them from the inside out. And once they hatch in your garden, they will spread around and they will naturally take care of it. So I had an, an infestation of like 20 at a time. And I had the and the uh, parasitic wasps on one of them. So I was like, I'm just going to leave it. And I was mm-hmm. picking them off, mm-hmm. you know, but I couldn't get on top of them. After mm-hmm. about a week or two, they were all gone. Those parasitic yeah. wasps were just, every time I went out there, there would be egg sacs all over them. And those parasitic wasps all also act as um, pollinators. Mm-hmm. So very easy to take care of. A lot of people freak out and it's because there's big numbers, but they're gross to pick up. So if you don't want to pick it up, I take my because they latch on, right? Like yeah. They, you well, know, they're they're yeah. they're mushy. The tentacles, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're mushy, mm-hmm. but oh, you know, God. you just hit them with a pair of scissors, cut them in half right there, dead on the spot, done. Everything you say about this freaks me out. With the exception of, I actually I would prefer having to hand pick something like that, which we'll get to later on in our list um, versus something that's itty bitty like we were just talking about aphids where yeah. I mean it's just it's impossible to get all of them by hand right yeah so. well so everything that we talk about here and just about everything I always hand pick first mm-hmm. I hand pick mm-hmm. or hand smash like I'll take and rub it on a leaf yeah. quick you know what I mean so yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when I get in the garden and I see some, it's extinction level, like stat, you know what I mean? Like I'm on it. Like, yeah, this is a judgment and I am the God right now. Not God, yeah. but the God. So, yeah. But the, the note is, you know what it is, you, or you've researched what it is and you know, it's a, a 
pest a bad one and not a good one. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't. So just don't, go, don't kill. go out there just killing everything. No. You know? <laughs> so what's the next one? Yeah. Oh dear goodness! I need I need a cookie to get like you to cleanse myself. <laughs> you know I'm trying to work on a little something. So what flavor know? cookie do you need though? I need a reward for dealing with that. Um, it would be a potato chip mm. butter cookie. Okay, so moving on. The next one is squash vine board, which is probably this is a place where we like we commune, right? We we come together as one in our hatred for this pest. M Effers. <laughs> what did you say? The little bastards? LVs? The little bastards. That's, that's what they, they are. Yeah. We're calling them the little bastards yeah. now. They have a new name. Yeah. yeah. They are. Uh, <clears throat> so it's funny, man. I was just the other night, I was laying in the bed. You know, if all y'all don't know, that's when I do a lot of my garden research is I lay in the bed, listen mm-hmm. to my wife snore. So, um, rude. No, actually, I listen to my dog snore. What am I saying? Uh-huh. Yeah, of course you uh, better be that. Oh, wait, wait, pause real quick. Yeah. Um, I was on the couch this last week and I felt a little tired, but I knew I should get up and move around. And, and so, but I didn't. And I was texting with a friend talking about what I was going to make for dinner. And he's like, get something quick. You're going to be asleep. And I'm just, now I'm like annoyed, like I'm not going to be asleep. And I'm telling you within minutes. I woke myself up with one of those deep snores oh, yeah. and I was mad because like, mad because one, the snore was so annoying. And two, it, I was only asleep for like a minute or two, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it right there. <laughs> so there's no deep thought that happens during those times, but go on. So I have not been successful in myself of avoiding these. Now, what I can tell you is I can tell you the textbook of what you should do. And I can tell you my plan. I now have, Mm -hmm. even since the last time we talked, I have a full action plan. So okay, I like it. Yeah. So because I'm, you know, I'm just gonna say I had some great squash off of this plant and move on. But go on. No, no, I'm determined. (laughs) So, how how deep do do you want me to kind of go deep on this, or what do you want me to do? I mean. I think, imagine I was eating a cookie. That's how much time you have. Okay. So the squash vine borer comes from a moth. Okay. It's a black moth Mm -hmm. with a red belly and you know, Mm -hmm. you'll see it and it's kind of pretty looking. Um, It comes, it lays an egg and then the egg is on your stem. The stem, it hatches, it goes inside of your squash. Your squash will be sitting there. It'll look nice and pretty in the middle of the day. It'll get wilting. You'll be like, oh, I need to water it. It goes inside of the stem, yes. not the actual fruit itself. No. So it embeds itself, it right? It inv- embeds itself at the base of the stem. And you're going to think, mm-hmm. oh, it needs to be watered. And it doesn't matter if you've had 50 squash vine borers or you had one squash vine borer. You're always going to think you need to water it. Mm-hmm. And then you go over mm-hmm. and then you see the damage. And so yeah. then they grow. So let's start with prevention because prevention is key. On this, I bl- I'm well. Before believer. you go to prevention, I'm sorry to, to interrupt you because you were on a roll there, and I'm. This is still the figurative cookie. Um, there's also like this this ick. I don't know how to describe it other than it looks like there. It looks like something that's chewed up yeah. and spit out. That's on the stem. So if you go to it and you see that it's wilted, you don't immediately see in some cases like the the hole in the stem you just see the stem doesn't look natural or healthy yeah. so that's another hint that that's me i can it's into, i look at it like it's uh wet sawdust is mm-hmm. kind of what it looks mm-hmm. like okay yeah. um mm-hmm. so first off if you look and it says squash vine bore resistant that's bullshit 
Don't ever buy from that company again because it's not true. They are not resistant. Liars! They are not resistant. They are not resistant. I told you three times. You should know. Um, <clears throat> you know, the the best things are butternut squash because their vine is thicker, so they're not as easily mm-hmm. chewed in. That being said, they got into my butternut squash last year. So, yeah, yeah. so it's not, you could probably say maybe winter squash with a thicker stem. Maybe. Right? Mm-hmm, but we're mm-hmm. talking about zucchinis, yellow squash. Let's just keep mm-hmm, it simple. Mm-hmm. Um, so prevention is covering your plants. That's the best way. Cover them with what's that stuff called? Um, I use tool, T-U-L-L-E, fabric. Yeah. If you have ever made a tutu or worn a tutu or seen a tutu, it's that. I have not worn a tutu, but I have that fabric in my house ready to use. And maybe I'll make a tutu out of it as well. Mm, I've run a couple of, uh, you know, I don't know, 5Ks, maybe a half marathon, maybe even a marathon in a tutu. But that's another life. Yeah, that was back back in the old days. Yeah, so, Lord um, knows I know that. <laughs> now you can do that. So the... This is where the life cycle is very important, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very important. Okay. And I can't tell you what it is for everybody. I'm going to tell you what it is for my area, but it's going to be different for yours. So in my area, the squash vine borer is active between the uh, middle of May and the middle of June. Mm -hmm. And then it's active again from the middle of July to the middle of August. Okay. So you just need to thwart it for this one time period. Okay. Well, actually two, but that's when they come out and they lay their eggs. So the only other thing I can think of for prevention would be to get like some kind of insecticidal dust and Mm -hmm. sprinkle it on the um, stem at night. So, but it's, it's a broad spectrum. So it could be an issue. And we've talked about this and we've, I think you said it did work for you. I haven't tried it yet. Covering the stem. Um, I've seen people cover it with aluminum foil, yeah, I'm all like set. protecting the stem. Yeah. I'm all set. <laughs> I mean, I, if, if you've tried it and it worked, let us know. Um, and I'm, I mean, I may give that a try, but I do think the timing, depending on your area, I mean, it's such a small window. Luckily, summer squash grows really quickly. Issue, though, is they still like it warm, right? Hence the summer squash. So me planting summer squash in March won't do me any good. Those plants won't survive because I'm still getting cold temps and freezing temps even, you know, so... um, so, yeah, I actually was thinking about this this morning, probably, you know, as I knew we were going to do this show. And I am going to plant. Um, so by the time you hear this, I should have already planted some squash like their seeds is what I'm starting with. They're easy. I'll see what I can get off of a plant. They're actually a pretty cool plant. Um, zucchini, you know, yellow squash. I mean, I'm just, I, I got, I got battles to fight in the garden and I'm going to be frank. This ain't really one of them. This is one for me because yeah, I zucchini hear you. is important because we make a lot of zucchini bread and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not done on treatments. Oh, okay. I'm just getting started. I told you Uh-oh. we're breaking. I'm, it's I'm war on the little bastard this year. I'm done down to crumbs on this cookie. Okay. And I really shouldn't be eating a second cookie. You, but need go to, on. you might need to take a, just a little nibble. So <laughs> what you can also do is you can, um, you can spray BT on, on the plant as well. Um, mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. a rotation again, just doing a schedule, like a maintenance, um, yeah. spray BT. BT is a natural bacteria used. It's organic. It doesn't sound organic, but it is. And it attacks, um, worms and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. you just spray it in the evening 
And then you can put neem oil on it, but that doesn't really help because it's not eating it. It's laying an egg and then the egg is going in. Mm -hmm. So you have to defeat all that. Um, That being said, my plan is to, I'm actually going to dust my stems this year Mm -hmm. and I'm going to cover. I've got the stuff to cover. The fabric was so cheap. I got it and may not actually cover. I'm not totally sure yet. Um, and then to prevent them, the one thing you can do is beneficial nematodes. You can put those in your mm-hmm. garden and they will eat the larva in the soil so they cannot come out of it because they stay in the soil. So, yeah. But once you get it and that plant wilts, you have to cut it open, pull it out, smash it, tape it, bury it, and you might survive. It's best just to get rid of it completely. <laughs> I'd say start another um, plant. While you're trying to treat this one, yeah, you know, if that's an important vegetable for your garden, yeah, because uh, it could be lights out for it. Yep. So that's it. That's all I got. I'm moving on now. All right. <laughs> you are responsible for not one but two cookies now oh, being consumed. Damn it! Peanut butter. Well, here we tar- are. Uh, peanut butter. No, no, potato chip. Potato, potato chip, chip cookies. Butter cookie. Yeah. Okay. What's the next one? I mean, it's probably worth it. All right, moving on. Japanese beetles. Oh. Um, you know what's crazy? Japanese beetles are so cool looking to me. And at first I didn't know. And I remember I was like last year, I'm like, oh, I've never had them until last year. And then I was looking back on some pictures and I actually captured a picture of it because I thought it was pretty cool looking. It has like that kind of copper shoulders. Uh, it looks like any other beetle, but, you know, with the copper shoulders, um, almost like kind of green. I know, I know they're not eyes, but where you would imagine eyes would be. Um it's timing, right? You will likely, see, they're slow too, which is good. We'll talk about that in a second. You'll likely see poop first. Um, it's black poop is what I've seen. Um, yeah. No, not you? No, I was no. just trying to think. I mean, I, I've mm-hmm. had some pretty bad outbreaks, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what they attack in my garden, um, absolutely okra. Um they attack flowers as well. So I've seen them absolutely on my um, hibiscus, which are, you guys know, my favorite. I've seen them on my canna lilies, um, which I'm actually growing, trying to grow from seed this year. Um, and yeah, they're a pain in the ass. I mean, they just basically eat at the leaves, right? Yes. You know, so I don't know. What kind of damage have you seen? To, I mean, real like it's destroyed a plant. I've not they seen just that. They devastate and I don't the know leaves in numbers. So I get them yeah. on my green beans and mm-hmm. um, basically just my green beans is where I've really had an issue. Yeah. Um, and they well, get here, a- I, I looked this up. It says asparagus, beans, okra, peaches, raspberries, rhubarb, and corn are most vulnerable. Okay. So yeah, they get on my beans and I had them for a little bit on my, um, oh, what's that rose that I have? Um, knockout roses. I have, mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. get just, they weren't real bad, but they were definitely there. Um, but they'll start eating. Um, and it's generally from the top, the very top mm-hmm, ones mm-hmm. down, they'll eat the leaves and, uh, you'll just see them. They'll have like jagged marks in them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the key thing. Now, how do you treat them? Because the tips of the the tips of the, like, the yeah the edges they, start, they just yeah. eat the edges mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so yeah. but they will devastate um, a plant. I mean they cleaned out a whole row of green beans. Oh wow, yeah. So I hand pick yes. Um, and when I say hand pick, um, because they kind of hop right. So I have a mason jar that I keep 
in the uh the garden i have one of the plastic tops versus like the regular you know two-piece lid and i keep it in the garden and i basically just collect them like this is something i do on a garden walk so i'll take the jar put the jar right up to the leaf and then basically use the lid to scoop it down um i mean i'm okay with picking these up with my hands that's no big deal for me but they're pretty quick um so i found you can basically scoop them into the um the container of any con any kind of container you can basically toss them you kill them is key so just don't toss them someplace else because they are in both my front yard and backyard yeah. to death <laughs> um, unfortunately and this is a little bit like kind of let's double check who we thought batavia was um i will put water in the jar so i i basically drown them yes um, yes and yeah but we already know you're a little bit on the edge of you know oh i'm not quite weird maybe a little bit i'm crazy. a straight mass murderer i put <laughs> i put a five gallon bucket with dawn soap in it so not only do they mm -hmm, drown mm -hmm. but then they get whatever it does to them like i don't mm -hmm. play around but so i had and then you also you gave me a recommendation last year i have an extra kit i can't think of the name of it though yeah it's like four or five bucks yeah it's um, um we'll put a link in the show notes yeah about so I, I handpick too. I handpick in the morning and mm -hmm. I handpick when they're having sex. Mm -hmm. So they'll be stacked up on top of each other and it's two for one, baby. And they don't move <laughs> yeah. much. So that's yeah. really good. Early in the morning, I'll get out there and I'll pick them out and just drop them in the bucket. And I keep mm -hmm. the bucket there. The problem mm -hmm. with keeping buckets there and stuff like that is the smell of the death will actually attract more. Yeah. So, yeah. um, there's this thing that I sent Batavia and I'll talk, I'll put it in the show notes. Like I said, it's a Japanese beetle trap. And what mm -hmm. you do is it has a scent and it has a, a paper bag or a plastic bag with a little funnel on it and you hang it upwind or maybe downwind, whatever of your prevalent wind that comes from your mm -hmm. garden and then it'll attract them and they will leave and go to it. And it did work for me. But I had to, when I finally noticed them one year, I had to literally, I was handpicking for weeks, but I, yeah. I was able so to get on year, top of them. Last year when you gave me that recommendation, I went out and picked it up uh, and I would find the beetles inside of that bag, right? You know, so they were being trapped, but again, they were everywhere, right? you know, so they were in so many different garden, front yard flower bed is where I originally saw them. They were in the okra inside of the front yard garden. Uh, they were on flowers in the backyard, you know, so even though I was trapping a bunch, there were still a bunch around. And I think it's, is it June when you start to see them? Yeah, usually it's they about June. They overwinter too, right? They overwinter too. They overwinter too, in then, your soil. Um, now, a beneficial nematode will help with that. Okay? okay. They will eat the larvae of them. Um, so beneficial nematodes, the reason why I keep bringing them is because that's how I'm treating my subterranean termites. So as I'm looking at the list of what these things attack, I'm like, okay, it takes care of this, 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 and this. Let's okay. see how it does. And if it does good, I will put that into my rotation. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it's a little expensive, but if it really does a good of a job. So the beneficial yeah. nematodes are supposedly attack the Japanese beetle larvae in the soil and they will get inside of it and feed on it and kill it. Um, yeah, they're, they will devastate you. They are terrible. They are easy to pick. Handpicking is key for these. Mm -hmm, it is mm -hmm. so important. Like, get yourself a glove if you don't want to touch them. Yeah. But you I mean, this could be something, depending on how big your kids are. You know, some of these plants are pretty big, but like your green beans, it could be something that a kid enjoys doing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's... 
get it done is basically the point. And I'm talking about like daily, multiple times a day in some instances. Yeah. Like the reason why I kept the mason jar in the garden was because I'll be out talking to someone that's pulled over in the front yard out in front of the house talking. I'm like, hold on a second. You know, cause once you see it, I mean, they are, again, even when they're beyond humping, they're slow when they're humping, but they're also slow in general until you try to approach them. That's when they kind of move right. around. Yeah. Um, so definitely get after it, man. And I would go out there in morning and evening and handpick. Mm-hmm. And I would mm-hmm. what I would do in the evening is I would handpick and then I would spray with neem oil. Mm-hmm. Okay. And again, that's part of that maintenance spray. If that's something you want to do, yeah. you know, that neem oil will, will help with that because I'll bite it and they'll be like, Ugh. and then that just mm-hmm. all these factors, it, yeah. like you can want like I had a bad infestation, like super bad. Mm-hmm. And I was able to get on top of it and the green mm-hmm. beans were almost completely defoliated. And then they had time to come back and grow and give me plenty of yeah. harvest to get, I think I got about 15 cans of green beans out of those plants. Okay. So, you know, okay. it's definitely a thing, but you have to handpick them. Yeah, all of these things are things that you just can't wait and see if no. it's going to, you know, like, no. you're not going to come out and there's not going to be garden magic that, you know, eliminates these things. No. Um, okay. What's all right. Next, next one. Um, my least favorite, this is my top pest. It's the cabbage worm, which is also known as the cabbage looper, which is also known as the cabbage moth. You'll probably hear me talk about it in videos and online. Um, did I say cabbage worm already? You did. Yeah. So the little green worm that leaves holes in your brassicas. Yeah, but that's not where it starts. Right. So the mama is that white moth that I thought was, oh, that's kind of cool looking (laughs) as it was flying around in the spring and in the summer. The issue with this is it's 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 the long haul. Right. So this year I've been tracking it. I saw it as early as April the 3rd in my area and last year i saw it as late as like right around the frost so right at the end of october that's a long period of time so this moth basically lands on and loves brassicas uh lays the egg and then you'll see some days later um this green cabbage worm right it blends in so i mean it's it's the master of blenders underneath the leaves it's so hard Mm -hmm. to see to start Mm -hmm. off with yeah yeah Yeah. it looks and they are again slow moving so just a quick cursory glance you're gonna miss it um i i think that this is probably on par with like the tomato horn horn worm when it comes to devastation um it will eat up leaves every year i have some problem with it either eating up the starter plants i've set out and not planted or it getting to the actual plants that are growing um will it take out a full bed of of collards or something yes if you let it you know <laughs> like yes, if you will. do nothing absolutely it will it you took know, out so. a full bed of uh turn- turnips for me i had to i mean they came mm-hmm. back but i had a mm-hmm. hard mm-hmm. you know hard time with them yeah so um yeah, yeah so the you way s- you find them is you see holes in the leaves yep you know well and there's a lot of things that can do that but that's going to be your key to start looking mm-hmm. and these mm-hmm. you have to look under the leaves yeah. Well, so, and if you see one and you pick one, you haven't picked enough because there's going to be more than one that's, you know, within that gardening area. Yeah. Um, now, I've tried a number of things because, I, like I've said, it's been, it probably was the original garden and pest in my garden, like the original thing that I, 
I had knew years ago I had to do something about. Um, so what's been most effective, it's going to be a broken record cover, you know, and I mean cover before she attacks. Um, so I literally planted my spring veggies. You hear that spring veggies? Get at your girl. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I covered them and it was a pain in the ass. I hate it. I don't like it. I don't talk about it so much because I like it, but it's effective. Um, I covered them immediately, you know, so that's one method. Um, hand picking them. It's going to be a combination if once they've actually hatched hand picking and then continuing to have it covered, which is a pain if you need to take the cover off to, to, um, to pick them. Um, I, I've heard things like a mixture of flour, um, will kind of help. Yeah. I've not, it's not, my grandfather, my grandfather, uh, was out there sprinkling. This is 10 years ago, sprinkling my greens with flour and yeah, no, that's terrible. (laughs) I've also read that they're territorial. Um, so I've seen people, and I may give this a try this year, um, put um, faux, like cut up something that looks like a moth, the white moth. And so the idea is if the real moth sees something else there, they'll go on and move on to something else. Um, so have you tried all planting? these? Um, I've tried all of them with the exception of the... Uh, the faux moth yeah and the next thing i'm going to say would be the um companion planting so things like nasturtiums yeah you know um planting those which would attract the moth instead um i have a good friend here that listens to the podcast that recommended it and because i trust that person in general i'm willing to give that a try nasturtiums so what i do is i go out there and i see him like oh crap i see him and I just start smashing them. First thing I do mm-hmm. is I start smashing them. Then that evening I go get my BT and I spray them and that kills them. That's what that stuff is for. Yeah. Um, and I know that, you know, it's, I can't, I can't remember the actual name is bacillus trisic, you know, but um, it's literally, that's what it's for is to kill worms. Like, and it does, it focuses on the bad worms. And I mean, once I learned about that and I started using it, this issue didn't become an issue anymore mm-hmm. because when I go out and I kill them, first of all, you're eliminating a huge portion of it when you handpick or take care of anything. But mm-hmm. then when we spray with that and I use a combination spray, um, you know, that will help with that too because they won't be taste as flavorful. It'll kill them and you can really get on top of them pretty quick with that. And a lot of times yeah. like in the spring, it's hard, but in the fall, it's good because as it gets colder, you get less and less and you're only yeah. focusing on that one in the fall generally too. Yeah. So uh, if you're watching the video, you'll see anytime um, with the exception of the, the dawn, um, the soap and the water, like the liquid soap, Anytime Ben mentions a, mentions a spray bottle, I'm kind of like, huh, womp, womp. Yeah. you know, it's not that I don't believe in it. It's just that that's not a part of my ideal garden maintenance. Like, I just hate that shit. Yeah. I hate it. And this is, the, I'm going to give you this advice and it isn't do what I say and not what I do. <laughs> it's commit to what you're willing to do. Yeah. Because the issue is 
when I basically come around to it and say, all right, I'm going to spray, I've let the thing go too far, right? So either no going in, you're willing to, and I hate to say willing to, like you're willing to sacrifice your garden, spray neem oil or BT, it's not that serious, right? You're willing to do those things. So that means that this is a part of your arsenal, right? And when something is there, attack it with these methods right right? don't wait three weeks after you've seen holes in your leaves and say now i'm going to start spraying yeah you know um well so you're you're gonna you're gonna pay for it quite literally and i know i i go on and on about a heart uh, a maintenance spray and i want to say that like it's not like i'm like okay first frost it hit or last frost Mm -hmm. is done spray today all right, <laughs> 10 days from now, mm-hmm. we're going to spray again. You know, it's not, it's like you start to get issues. And once you, once they really start cropping up, if they do, mm-hmm. you know, then maybe like if I get aphids, I would just spray just where the aphids were, you know, but yeah. if you start getting like a lot of stuff, that's when that stuff will kick in. Yeah. And once it's licked, you can back off. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You don't have to be like, all right, every 10 days, I'm going to go out yeah. there. And because, and I mean, again, everything that I'm spraying is organic. I guess the Dawn yeah. dish soap, soap is not organic, but, yeah. you know, I think there's worse things. So it's not like you're like automatic, you know, it's just, it's a measure. And it's just like you said, it's whatever you feel mm-hmm. comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And I think, Absolutely. you know, I, I just, I would hate to see somebody, if, you know, a lot of us want to have organic gardens. And then you're you're so hell bent on having an organic garden that you don't actually treat something. You don't actually have a garden. You what mm-hmm. you have is a buffet for everything else out there. So yeah. I, I'm I, gonna I, butcher it, but it's what is it? Mike Tyson that said, you know, everybody's a what did he say? Everybody's a fighter until you get punched in the mouth yeah. or something like. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's all like, oh yeah, I'm doing this, that, or the other, and then I mean, I've seen people nearly in tears when it comes to some of these pests attacking their garden. Yeah. And while I've not been brought to tears, like the level of disappointment, not when it's oh this is I wish I never had to deal with any of these, but that's not the life that we live as gardeners. Um, but when they present themselves, it's one thing. But when I'm looking at like, it was my winter squash last year. It wasn't a pest per se. Um, it was disease. And it's just the level of disappointment that you have. So basically a part of this episode, the intent, and this comes out like before a lot of these really take hold, the intent is to give you tools to be able to manage. Um, and I, I think if this is a part of your garden planning, right? Come up with a game plan. Um, so yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's important that we you know we recognize it and look i'm here to tell you you get a watermelon that's 40 pounds and it's not ready yet and you got something attacking you tell me that you ain't gonna do something to take care of it you know what i mean my whole thing is like i don't want it to get to that point where it's like full-on panic mode Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. what you're doing is like all those holes that are put in those leaves that limits the harvest that you can get off of it it adds stress it adds this that and the other you know i mean research organic pest control and that's Mm -hmm. why i mean a lot of these except for the aphids so far and the squash vine bars okay so some of them were (laughs) handpick Mm -hmm, that's the preferred mm -hmm. method yeah you know what i mean and then so and as we go into the next and i think the final one Mm -hmm. handpicking is another you know method so yeah and i think so just to note you may so i've experienced i think five of the six that we're covering today and these five of six 
the exception is the tomato horn worm. I don't know. It seemed like I needed to get the cowbell in there. Um, so, but never exactly at the same time. Right. You know, so there may be some overlap, but I'm basically getting these things under control at different times. And so that's important when you kind of think about, I mean, I can't stress enough. Don't let that shit go. You know what I'm saying? Like attack, you know, um, unless you're basically going to let it go, which I mean, I think you're probably listening to this podcast and that's not your desire. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. That's what I got. All right. Number six. Number six. Final. Final. Slugs and snails. The double S. <laughs> so this one is awesome. <laughs> we don't have to spray anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Um, we all know. I'm not even going to tell you what they look like because we all know. Yeah. Um, damage. You notice them by holes and leaves. Mm-hmm. You know, snails can be mm-hmm. very devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're coming from, you know, the ground up yes. versus some of these things are kind of flying into your garden area. Some of these. Yes. And they um, and they attack at night. Mm-hmm. So of all the things we've talked about, um, the squash vine borer um, lands at night. So you hardly ever see it. And then the snails and slugs come out at night, which is good for the snails and slugs. That's a good the thing. Freaks. The freaks come out at night. Someone's going to catch that reference. So, um. Yeah. That's a good thing, though, that they come out at night, and I'm going to tell you why. Why is that? Because we can trap them, Mm -hmm, and then we can exterminate them, okay? (laughs) I'm not relocating them. I'm not going to do it, because they're gross, and they're terrible. Um, Slugs, they're nasty. I mean, how many of you out there, when you were kids, found a slug in the summertime and went and poured salt on it and just watched it, you know, desiccate, okay? That's how we're going to kill them. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. So what I do is I take a board. Uh, so I, I usually okay. keep um usually keep about a three foot board, a, th- a three foot uh, two by eight board in my yard, and that is used. I use it to clean fish mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when I catch them, but I mm-hmm. also use it to trap snails and slugs. E right. Well, of course the top mm-hmm. is for the fish, the bottom is for that. But yeah. what I do is I lay it next to the garden and I wet the bottom. And then mm-hmm. at, in the daytime, you go oh. out there and they all go hide underneath it because it's yeah, now you've created yeah. this perfect environment. And I'll yeah, go out there yeah. and I'll open it and there'll be 15 slugs under it. Take my little salt shaker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See ya. You know, beer traps work for slugs. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping you are going to mention beer traps. Yeah. Um, I've done a... Um, essential oil uh, and water mixture. I haven't done um, that. Yeah, I've done that and it's worked. Um, I've done cinnamon and the jury's still out on that one, yeah. you know, about that as a remedy. Because um, there's also, and I'm glad you mentioned earlier the things you've been using, you know, that are organic because there's also bees that we want to be careful of, right? Uh, there are other pollinators that we want to be careful of. It's very important you, know? you said that because I used beer traps last year and I won't use them again. Mm, I found a lot of in bees yeah. in them and I was like, it's done, you know, mm-hmm. and it didn't really work that great. So, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. diatomaceous earth. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. a yeah, good yeah. one. You can put that around your plants. Um, you mm-hmm. know, but the problem is, is it comes out at That's night. It's a powder, right? It's a powder. And when it gets mm-hmm. any kind of moisture on it, it's useless. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a tough yeah. one. Um, but the trapping definitely works. There's also like, I had bad slugs last year from that damn wood mulch. 
I knew that, you were going there. Imagine that, where I got the subterranean termites from. Uh, oh, I reject you. You reject uh, nothing. <laughs> you reject nothing. That is the absolute downside of the wood mulch. You know, the slugs. I have and nothing all, good and... to say about wood mulch. Okay. Nothing. But we anyway. appreciate your comments. <laughs> so another opportunity you had to see the video portion of this. Between <laughs> between the roly poly mm-hmm. and the snails that really like I had never had snails like this before and I'm still battling them, but not yeah. as bad. Um, I could not get on top of them. I went out there every night this mm-hmm. winter or in the fall and I would hand pick them at yeah. night and I would go through with a fine tooth comb and a flashlight and I would just pick, 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 pick. And I would drop yeah. them in um, beer or whatever. But um, I got smart and I got something from Garden Safe called, um, it's a slug and snail bait. Okay. okay. And you um, you sprinkle it in your garden, it's little pellets. And it will attract them, they will eat it, and then they will die. So mm-hmm. what's in it is iron phosphate, key ingredient mm-hmm. to look for. Mm-hmm. That's what gets rid of them. But it also helps feed your plants. Okay. So it's very okay. important. Okay, maybe I can yeah. dig that. Yeah, it's just um, a granular. Th- you just put it on, spread it out there, and seem to work. Yeah. Okay. I think just um, I have one other note. I'm sorry, I got distracted by you know what, <laughs> Nats. Uh, I, I, I um one other note around kind of pests, right? And it is garden maintenance keeping your garden area clean as po- as much as possible um, because a lot of what we've talked about will feed on you know the leaves if you're pruning your plants and you leave them in the garden right yeah. um, it's definitely a, a really good idea you know going into a new season right at the end of the season if you've had trouble with some of these things like um, you don't want to leave food for them basically um, so Try to keep it tidy if you can. It's a struggle for me. I try really hard. In a lot of years, I'm successful. Um, and some, not so much. But this is the reason why. Not just because it makes for a good Instagram picture, which sometimes it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and, and you, you know, I, um, I agree with what you say completely. But you know what else is important about every single one of these? Mm-hmm. You can catch all of them if we just walk it out. You just got to do <laughs> that garden. <laughs> you just got to do that garden walk and you're going to catch it. Absolutely. Every time. That's what the garden walk is for. Okay. One of the key reasons, man. But you shut me down when I said to look for problems. Although when I listened to that episode again, it did make sense the way that you reframed it. But yeah, man, you're not, no one, these bugs aren't coming to knock on your door. You know, no. these pests are, you know, your male person isn't going to say, hey, I walked past your garden and I noticed that. No. No, and I you mean last, your eyes out, last year when the tomato hornworms were out there and they were going crazy, um, I would see people um, on Instagram and they would go out with black lights and mm-hmm. they would their plants would be peppered with them. Yeah. And I would yeah. look at, at it night, and be yeah. like, it's clear that you're not checking for these issues. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's great that you got a black light and you're out there. But at the same time, like if you spent that time you get to go buy that battery operated black light and hand pick mm-hmm. them off you wouldn't have that issue anymore it would be yeah, very yeah but no. you know we're humans and a lot of times we don't take action until insert problem has come right. up and that's one uh, thing you so, have to learn too with this is mm-hmm. man those problems crop up quick and yeah. you got to be fast yeah. acting yeah is there one so. of these pests that you th- can think of 
that you can just kind of let and see if it'll work itself out? Mm. I mean, I'm gonna maybe the slugs and snails. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Unless yeah, cold maybe. weather's coming. Yeah. But that's it. You gotta do it, man. Attack. Yep. Attack. So there you go. Oh, I was gonna give um well, I'm going to give the recipe of the day. Recipe of the day. And then I'm going to give you the uh, mixture that I use for my maintenance spray. Oh, good, good. Okay. Since you're listening to this, then something tells me you like to cook. Hey, y'all. Miss Gardner and I have been busy whipping up some food in the backyard kitchen. Check us out as we grow some of our ingredients. But most importantly, we just try to get the recipe right. Available now on YouTube at Backyard Gardens. Remember, if you grow it, we will cook it or can it. Are you growing carrots? I am trying to once again. Attempt, attempt, attempt. Well, I'm going to give you a roasted carrot recipe today. Hey, hey. Garlic parmesan So at the time of this, you should maybe be getting close to harvesting your garlic too. Maybe. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. carrots, you should be well on your way to getting them. So um, it's going to work out pretty good. Uh, I hope we all know how to roast stuff. Basically, um, you know, preheat oven to 400 degrees. And what you're going to need is you're going to need carrots. Um, This recipe calls for two pounds. So you can have two pounds of carrots. Uh, You're going to want some olive oil to coat it in or oil of your choosing, really. Um, You're going to want. So I say about eight cloves of garlic because I like garlic. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I like flavor and I don't like vampires anywhere near me, so we just kind of take care of that. Um, And then a quarter cup of grated Parmesan cheese. So you're going to want that. mm -hmm. And some kind of breadcrumb. So whatever you feel like. Yeah. So um, if you don't want to use breadcrumbs, you can use crackers. Um, Uh Ritz crackers are a good one if you feel like being fancy. Uh Um, Saltines uh if you feel like being boring. Um, panko if you want to be fancy or regular mm-hmm. breadcrumbs doesn't matter uh, salt and pepper and then you can use fresh parsley but I actually like to use cilantro in place of parsley that's just okay. me I'm weird um, and then you're just going to toss it all together and you're going to coat it for or you're going to cook it at 400 degrees for 20 to 25 minutes and you just want to make sure that they are tender all the way through and mm-hmm. halfway through, you're going to flip them with a spatula. You don't need to go through and one at a time, just give it a little flip mm-hmm. and then you're done. That's it. Are you, did you, are you dicing those carrots? Did I miss that part? You can dice, you can, uh-huh. you can slice, you can do whatever the hell you want, honestly. Yeah. yeah. The one thing about, you know, a lot of us do know how to roast. I mean, one of the key elements of roasting is just making sure that there's separation in whatever the veggie is. Well, it's consistency in the don't size want to steam too. It. Yeah, good point. Yeah, Consistency you don't want to size. start steaming it if it's like they're touching, basically. Yeah. So, so, but that's I mean, okay. you know, I would use that as a. Uh, I would probably eat that as a main part of my meal, actually. Yeah, I wouldn't, but it really sounds good because it's just a, a flip of the way you would normally eat carrots, mm-hmm. right? A little bit more texture, mm-hmm. right? Which I think it's kind of fun. So, mm-hmm. yeah, different flavor profile, not different bad. Flavor, um, okay. <laughs> My recipe for, I'm giving you two recipes today for my uh, maintenance spray. No, that doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) I got all excited. Well, no, no, I forgot you were giving this. Okay, go ahead. Maintenance spray. 
So for my maintenance spray, I use um, BT, the Bacillus, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, you can find that. I get the concentrate. So you can get that at the store. It's like $7 for a bottle, and a bottle should last you all year. If not more than that, you use very little of it. And then I use a cold-pressed neem oil, okay? Mm-hmm. So you're going to use that, and it's going to be... Um, oh, I want to say it's non-hydrolyzed. Yeah, so basically, if it gets below 70 degrees, it, it hardens. So it needs to be warm in order to turn to a liquid. So I'm going to put that into, I have a sprayer that I carry and then I add in um, a little bit of dish soap again, mm-hmm. and that helps as a dispersant. So it'll help bond everything and then get that out. And so then, the leaves to the plants. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I'll use, um, you know, basically for everything, you know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, you know, not, it's not a one size fits all, but you know, once you start getting worms and stuff like that, you can do that. Um, and then the other one that I use that's, you know, if you for some reason think that that's not organic and you don't believe me and you don't want to look it up, you can do stuff like garlic and um, cayenne peppers mixed mm-hmm. together. You can spray with that, too. And that helps with deer. Ah, OK. OK. Deer, um, any kind of animal that has a strong sense of smell. So. OK. Is that good? Look at you dropping the, uh... oh, that was only two. I got to take one. I don't know how I'll take back a bail, but <laughs> we're in the negative for the next show already. Uh, so, um, yeah. Good. Yeah, man. This wasn't my favorite episode, but uh, good job. Why is it your favorite? I hate, I hate this shit, man. I hate it. That's I mean, part it's of so it. necessary. Um, but but it, you know, it's, gardening is not all like, oh, I got the flowers. There's no hashtag garden joy in any of this. But I mean, it's a necessary evil to, to figure out how to deal with it. So it I is. accept it. And you know what, though? In the middle of the season, like any day now, these are going to be the questions that we're going to get. Yeah. Yeah, you for know, sure. These are the questions. We, we won't get, you know, look how big my tomato got. You know, we're going to get, how do I get this? How do I get rid of this? What is this? Shame on you for not hashtagging BYG podcast and saying, look how big my tomato got. Yeah. Gosh, I want to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and if you're going to send a picture to somebody or us or anybody for that matter, make sure it's a clear picture. Uh, you know I'm okay I mean? with a fuzzy tomato. No, no, no. I'm talking about of a bug. Yeah, I'm talking you. about of a bug. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, of a pest. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh do those garden walks, mm-hmm. you know, get used to the idea of picking. I yeah. think, um, you know, we gave out some that are like solely pickers. Like if you pick them, they're gone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and aggressively um, pick. All right. Is that what we have? That's what we have. So what you guys need to do now is you need to go and you need to go on the Backyard Gardens TV and you need to watch Backyard Kitchen. You need to like, subscribe and follow. And then you need to get your little headphones on and put mm-hmm. them in and then go out in the garden and listen to us while you work. And until next time. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you want to see what we're up to or just stay up to date on all the announcements regarding the show or anything gardening, then you can follow us on Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. 
We love seeing what you guys are doing. So use hashtag BYG podcast in your post and we'll be sharing your gardens with the Backyard Gardens community. And check us out on YouTube at Backyard Gardens where we will post this show, all of our other shows, clips, and then also some gardening tips and just gardening entertainment. And you can see us at our website at BackyardGardensTV.com. But that's it for today's show. So help us as we learn to grow and grow from change. And until next time, we'll catch you guys later. We'll call this one a wrap. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. 